Ain't no turbulence no more. I've been working, dog. from high on a hill above beautiful Lake Washington. My name is Lestro, and with me as always is the Guru. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And you know how this goes. We're here to talk a little trash on the week's run of sports. I don't know anybody except the Guru, and the Guru knows all. Man, I know just a little something something, man. Just a little something, man. Guru, it is episode number 99, and the NBA takes center stage, doing what it does best, beef. Harden and Giannis are are taking shots at each other, and then both are fired up as the Freak turned it up against the surprising Thunder, and Harden led his small ball Rockets to a win over Boston. Plus, we're talking about John Moran besting LeBron in LA, and then LeBron turning around and besting Zion the next night. Then... We've got the Almanac back to do a little campus check-in, focus on how he was right and what's going on at the NFL Combine. Plus, it's week four of the XFL, and Houston and St. Louis are separating themselves from the pack. But new quarterbacks mean new hope for both New York and Seattle. And what happened at D.C. as they fall until the until now winless Vipers? Plus, you know we got a two-minute drill. Trash Talk Radio, episode number 99. Let's roll. Guru, my man, it is good to see you. I am staying six feet away from you, thanks to all the uh, coronavirus violations, making sure we keep our distance. But it's good to see you, at least for now. How are you, my man? Yes, I am living the dream. Don't you pinch me, man. Don't you pinch me. Don't worry, man. We are living my nightmare. I ain't touching nothing. I ain't touching nobody. I got the, the hand sanitizer with me. I got to freaking out, man. But we got sports to to focus on and stay calm. It's not time to panic. That's all, man. Hey, unless I you're know a Sixer thing, fan, I know one thing: and Corona don't affect no athlete. <laughs> that seems not the yet. Corona, and even if it's affected athlete, the athlete's gonna play that. You know, when Michael Jordan had the flu virus, when he used to just be called the flu back in the '90s. You know, oh and man, then, it's yeah, not don't yeah, don't yeah, don't. Yeah, back in the night was the flu. Nowadays it's called coronas. It's called NL and NINL or the Nile virus. They got so many names for the thing, man. I'm like, nah, man. What happened to the flu, dog? It's still there, and it's just as bad as it ever nah, was. But man, this shit, the flu ain't never killed nobody, oh, man. Every year, this shit too. So, uh, so wash your hands. That's our advice from everybody. Wash your hands and uh, and don't sneeze on people, and uh, and we'll all be okay. We'll make it through this. Uh, but until then, we're going to keep going as if as if the world is going to keep going, Guru. And uh, we're going to start with the NBA because they keep going and uh, and they keep going on beef, which is seems to be what this league is best at, man. Serving up superstars and and serving them up, uh, getting on each other. This latest one this week was the uh, the beef that broke out between Giannis and James Harden, which goes back to the All Star game when Giannis said that his team's strategy was just give to the ball to whoever that Harden was guarding, and then he. Didn't didn't pick him for his team uh, because uh, they wanted somebody who would pass, which caused Harden to respond that, hey, man, he's got more assists, by the way, that, than Giannis this year. And also with the line uh, where he said, I wish I could just run and was seven feet tall and could run and just dunk. That takes no skill at all. I have to actually learn how to play basketball and to have skill. I'll take that any day. He said that on, a, on what ABC this week on ESPN. Uh, on ESPN this week. Uh, that is tossing it out there. It fired both these guys up this weekend. I'll tell you what, uh, Giannis uh, went out there against the uh, the, the Thunder and, and just uh, destroyed them. 32 points, 13 to 20 shooting, 13 rebounds, and six uh, six assists in just 27 minutes. Uh, and then uh, then this weekend, Harden responds uh, on his on his own against the Celtics, uh, going for uh, for twenty one uh, eight and four in a big win, uh, leading his team in a big win uh, over the Celtics. Uh, and actually, in that game, that was Russell Westbrook had the the big numbers in that game. But uh, uh, what do you think of this? Man, you see that? It's, it's look at the Greek freak, man. What, the Greek freak talking. I think he might be hanging around with Joel and B too much or something. <laughs> 
That's what it looked like. This they picked him like, on a team. Joel teaching him to talk shit. <laughs> must be, now, is he not the guy you always pick up on his damn team? Yeah, man. African <laughs> brother. Takes him right away. <laughs> he don't play around. He don't even hesitate, man. Hey, Giannis, what's your first pick? Joel. <laughs> Obviously. You got to teach him how to be a good asshole, Joe. <laughs> oh, man. This is hey, this is hella funny, man. You got to love the NBA, man. You got to love our, the antics, man. The antics. I wish you'd have gone on Twitter, man. I wish you'd have gone as far to Twitter. This one, this one, you know, it become a real NBA beef when we go to Twitter because that's when everything, everything goes now. Anything happened in Twitterville, but this one right here was just interviewville, so it was a different type of rebuttals, man. If you're on Twitter, NBA Twitter is one of the best things to be on as well. And you're there, of course, Guru's Film Room on uh, on Twitter. Check him out and uh, and make sure you follow on uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, uh, getting into this, yeah, when it hits Twitter, that's the real beef, of course. And of course, Twitter went nuts with these two going back and forth. And and right now, the joke on Twitter is like, "Thanks, James Harden, you seem to have woken <laughs> up uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo," and nobody wants that, man. <laughs> Oh man, Jay, that was kind of funny though, man. <laughs> yeah, James, like, that was James. That was a slick little. It kind of fits James because it's a lazy, passive aggressive shot. It just fits his whole personality. Yeah, man. but it hit. That's yeah, exactly. It, exactly. It's like it's the step back almost too far. Did he? Did he kind of travel? I don't know, but man, he fucking hit it. He hit it, man. It's like was it? Like he's absolutely right. It's like huh, how much skill does it take to just jump? Because there's a difference between skill and athleticism. You know what I'm saying? Athleticism is God-given. Skill is hard work. I don't want to take it. You know what I'm saying? Skill is earned. Athleticism is God-given. You still got to know what to do with it. And we have seen uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo get better at using what God gave him every year he's been in the NBA. I don't want to take that away from him. But, yeah, yeah, he's in a completely different game than James Harden because he's just so big and so athletic and so so naturally gifted that he's just going to run through and because, dunk. And, he can and, do it. And now because his weakness and what he's working on is his skill. Kryptonite. It's Crypt- his skill. Oh, I thought it was kryptonite. You My know, bad. Yeah, other than that, but the kryptonite comes with S, skill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this when it when it becomes the end of the game, that does become more of your skill more than your athletic ability. It becomes how skillful you are. That's why you get the guy with the last, the guy that always take the last second shot is the most skilled player on the individual team most times in basketball. It's not the most athletic. It's usually the most skilled. Well, I tell you what. That uh, speaking of the the Rockets, then I want to I want to talk about the Rockets because uh, uh, the, at, at last shots. When you talk about last shots, we saw some of them this weekend in that Rockets Celtics game on Saturday. What a game that was, Guru! Absolutely, man. That was a. Uh, what about that sequence? The the last play at the end overtime. Of it? At the end of it, we went and went to overtime with Jason Tatum getting fouled. Getting fouled. The Celtics were down by four point now. You know, Jason Tatum got fouled. So he had to go to the line. Yeah, and this time is one of those, out, like, like, like seven seconds or something. You less, know, like a little nothing. bit less than yeah. that, right? And then this is one of those situations where you got to make one and miss the other on purpose. Which is the most ridiculous thing. It's, as a kid, you always think, like, here's how it's going to go. Like, it's the, it's the hitting the bottom of the ninth, two out. You're like, we're on the line, guys. Here it is. It's four points. We got to get. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the first one. Ba- Such a cartoon Rube Goldberg thing to try and pull off. Tatum does it. Tatum does it, man. And I'm talking about the guy right there at the perfect time, at the perfect situation, man. Jalen Brown, perfect time, right in the set. Made, the ball hit him perfectly in the, in, as soon as he was going up, man. Easy three-pointer. Well, not easy, but clutch three-pointer in an intense situation, man. That was right as Matt Stevens drew it up, man. Throw the ball up, hit the rim, and just getting a little melee but like one of those rugby scrum, but it was kind of an organized chaos because the whole point of the when, when it when I mean it's practices, those guys were assisted they they systematically were trying to tip it by backwards. So as right. you could tell, you could tell it's been practiced because the way they were they, they were tipping the ball, they wasn't tipping it out of bounds or somewhere ridiculous. We're like trying this, to grab or, it or grab it. Yes, they were trying to tip it to the three point line, knowing that they had a guy there, and which they did, and it was very it was executed. It looked like luck to me. It looked like luck from the other eye, from the optics. But no, that's a well practiced play that was executed. 
Still got to make the shot. Uh, Brown hits the shot, ties it at 104, sends them into overtime. Overtime gets to the end of overtime now, and uh, and it's a, a, a similar situation. Balls in Brown's hands, and he falls short when Robert Covington, who my boy, uh, my boy is, uh, I was going to say, uh, makes the defensive stand, gets in his face, forces the, the step back, which uh, falls short on that one. So Brown uh, would, would giveth, taketh away at the end of the game. Houston hangs on to win it 111-110. Now, I like these two teams, Guru. We were talking earlier. These are both uh, similar sort of teams to watch. Uh, as far as, obviously, I hate the Celtics. But as far as the, the makeup of these teams and the way they play, uh, both of these teams are fun to watch. They don't feel quite like a championship team unless everything falls right for them. But at the same time, they feel like they have to be in the discussion. Even small ball Houston, who's not even playing with the center anymore. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're entertaining. I think both of those teams are entertaining team. You know what? They're going to they're gonna play a long series. I don't think this any of those teams, whoever they're playing in, in the respective playoff team, is going to be a short series, meaning in the second round because that's when they play the next elite team. So I definitely think those teams are going to be a pest. Um, it's going to be one of those teams that's going to be a six or seven game deep, deep series that you're going to exude a lot of energy to defeat those teams just because of the style of play, man. Um, it's, 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 it's a very feisty you know, it's a very feisty style of play, which in a sense you got to use a lot of energy when you're going against somebody feisty because they're relentless. They're always coming at you. And sometimes, and, and they, they are their skill as well, so you have to use energy to get them out of you. You know, it's just like when a fly. You ever see when a flies in your face or when it's just roaming around or a bee or something? It's annoying. It's feisty. You swiping it. You're like, ah, you using energy swiping it. It's like if you swipe enough, you just like, man, look, man. You just get tired, you know. You just you, you exude a lot of energy. Just a pest. That that's that's what you, until you until you go grab some massive uh, thing of a majig to just swipe it. You like enough. You know, I'm not using my hand. I might have swiped the heck out of you. And guess what happened? You win after that. Well, it's working for the Rockets, uh, being being flighty and buzzy and and running around that small ball uh, fly and bee style. Uh, they've got six in a row now and are sitting in in fourth in the Western Conference uh, with thirty nine wins and twenty losses. Meanwhile, on the other side in the Eastern, the Celtics uh, uh, seem firmly in third uh, at uh, at forty one wins and eighteen losses, a game behind the Raptors. They could move up and down. Both of those teams could shuffle either way. I wouldn't expect the Celtics to fall uh, below third. Uh, going to the playoffs again the other thing about these teams though is i feel like they're on different ends of their window i feel like houston's really got to be in like win now mode and and that the Celtics are in like let's see what we can do mode you know they're in almost nothing to lose mode this houston year houston has been win now mode for the last five six years. at least right you know so it's, they've been on win now mode forever yeah it's more you think uh you think uh more would get tired of it you know like it'd be it's almost too much uh, but still there. We'll see what, what can do. Hey, th- if they get by, they've got to get by the Lakers, of course. So we saw two games this weekend uh, with the Lakers where LeBron got uh, played up against uh, two of the big uh, rookies in the league. On got rookie sandwich. Yeah, rookie sandwich with John Morant and then uh, and then Zion Williamson. That was Zion, John Morant, and then Zion. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he had Zion both times. Uh, picking up uh, two wins and, and a loss in this in this so far. Guru, what do you think watching the uh, watching the old man take on the kids? I kind of like how the NBA scheduled that, man. It was kind of neat how he just straight up Ricky sandwiched those guys. You got him, him over there, Zion, and then you got Ja, and then finished up another Zion on a Sunday night. So um, you, those guys are special, man. Yeah, those kids are good. Zion, oh, the kids are good. I was. It was so funny. The Lakers, it's, it was hard to be impressed with the Lakers because it's the king, man. You know what the kingdom is. We've seen the kingdom for 20 years. So we know when the when the king put his his ruling down, we know what to expect. But you know, it's all good though when you see the little princes. You know, isn't that what we always want to see when we see the, the the wedding? When the prince married Prince William, Prince this, that's when it's the big. Nobody wants to see the king get married. Nobody wants to see that man. You already been married, homie. But you only see the prince because it's a shine of just a, a future. It's a shine of a positivity, man. It's a sign of hope in a sense. You know, and and those guys. Ja and my man Zion, it's a sign of hope for the NBA. It's a sign of we're going to be in good hands when you leave Mufasa, LeBron James. Well, this weekend we uh, we saw Ja go in and lead all scorers with uh, with 27 as the Grizzlies 
uh, and a convincing win uh, against uh, against the Lakers at home in Memphis, uh, but a convincing win against the uh, the Lakers, 105-88. Uh, LeBron. Hell yeah, you ever been in Bill Street, man? You haven't been in Bill Street, Memphis, man, on a, was it a Tuesday night? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know about Bill Street, man. You don't know what goes down in Bill Street. Actually, wasn't that yesterday? Wasn't that a... What they play that Saturday night? Thursday night, man, or something. I don't even know when they played it. Uh, LeBron had uh, had 19 in that game. Uh, the next night, of course, uh, Sunday night, the big matchup with with Zion and uh, and the Lakers win that one, come out on top, 122, 114. LeBron with 34, uh, 12 rebounds and 13 assists uh, to lead that one. On the other side, Zion wins and right there ahead of him, 35 points and uh, seven rebounds, no assists. Uh, another. They're even serving up a little beef here. I, I think the uh, the media is trying to put a little beef on these guys too. They say that there's it doesn't seem warm between them. I don't know, man. I will watch these guys play. Give me this one eight. Let me see the uh, let me see the Pelicans uh, get up that eight seed in the West. I know it's the Grizz right now. I, either way, I think it's exciting because we get to see one of these kids possibly take on the King in the first round. Absolutely, I think Jive will give him a little bit more more because Jive is a little bit more creative right now. He's a better. Um, score of creative scorer right now. For Fun so. to watch, man! Exactly. Holy cow! So I think that I think Ja will give the Lakers. Obviously, I don't see none of them, e- either of them would should win any game. Uh, um, but I think Ja that will make it at least close going into the three minutes left in the fourth quarter. You got a guy like that. You got a guy who's going to be able to score, be able to distribute the ball. He's going to get your defense's attention. Uh, right now for that eight spot in the West, if you are keeping a score at home, and you should be, uh, it's 29-31. Uh, and 31, That is the Grizzlies. And 26-33 uh, and 33 is the Pelicans. Both uh, not doing poorly, though, right now and, and making the run for it. Let us see either one of them take on the Lakers. All right, Guru, we got a little more of the uh, of, of NBA questions coming up later in the two-minute drill if we can get some time for them. But right now, we got our man, the Almanac, coming back with a campus check-in. Long time gone, the Almanac. We're going to talk, uh, talk a little NFL combine, and, uh, and we're going to let him talk a little LSU as well. So let's, uh, let's go to our man, the Almanac, here on Trash Talk Radio. And we are back on Trash Talk Radio with our man, the Almanac, for the campus check-in with a look at the NFL Combine. Obviously, the campus check-in coming, uh, our man, the Almanac, coming all the way from where college sports matter the most, the South, right, Guru? The South, man. Where it's all about that A-D-U, baby. Pay them players legally, the South. Pay them players <laughs> legally. Almanac, welcome back to the show, man. Thank you guys for having me, man. It's, it's been forever and a day since I've been on with you guys. I, I know. We couldn't figure out why you weren't calling. Oh, no. Nah, that was <laughs> on y'all. You know, I was, y'all know I have plenty of ammo to talk about. All right. So let's get this out of the way first. Guru, we have to let the Almanac be right for a little while here. Uh, when we last left our hero, uh, LSU was on the verge of being uh, the best team in football. Since we last left our hero, they have gone on to prove the Almanac right. There, I said it, Almanac. Uh, go LSU, I guess, man. Thank you, guys. Well, I'm going to remain humble. I'm not going to get on here and bash you guys like like uh, uh, some other people might, but uh, it was a great year for my guys, man. I, I don't even think I, I don't think we talked since before they played Alabama, so yeah, I missed a whole lot. You know, we, you know, dash Bama and went on and destroyed Oklahoma, and y'all know the rest of history. Beat one of the best teams uh, of the decade in Clemson, probably. I, I think that Clemson team that we beat this year was had a chance to be all time great if they would have, you know, went back to back and. um it was just a magical year. It seemed like every button that it was around Prince Burke, uh, from the hiring of Joe Brady to um, recruiting and getting Joe Burrows, you know, from the uh, transfer portal. And um, the kid was just special. And I, I personally think that he had the uh, the greatest season any quarterback had in the college level, uh, as far as stats-wise and, and doing it against top-10 teams. Uh, oh, you know, we were seven. So no, let him I, take I it. You got to help you. You know the rest of history. I, I said it in week two or three, you know, that the kid was in the top for the Heisman, and you guys laughed me off the phone. But, you know, went on a Heisman trophy and a championship trophy and an undefeated season. I can't say, man. So, 
It's all good. I forgive you guys. <laughs> well, we appreciate that, Almanac. Uh, thank you for your forgiveness on that. You absolutely were right about Burrow. We did laugh you off on, uh, I think, the first time you brought up his name as a Heisman candidate. And it got more and more serious as the year went on and uh, and pulled it out and the, uh, and the championship. So uh, congratulations uh, not only to LSU, but to you, Almanac, as well for being right on that. But my question then thank is, uh, uh, what about his hands? I hear they're real small as we get to the combine. Is this, do you think this matters as an LSU fan? Did you notice that his hands were small as he was, you know, leading you to no, the championship? I no, I didn't. I didn't. The kid has no had no fumble issues. You know, I've seen him. It's not like we played in many, many bad weather games, but we did play in a couple of games where the rain was coming out pretty good, and uh, he seemed to have a, a grip on the ball pretty good. So yeah, it seemed to work think, for me. Uh, over, Five thousand yards and sixty touchdowns later. I mean, I don't think I don't in the SEC. I don't think his hands was a problem. Man. It doesn't SEC, sound like it. His, his hand size a problem. See, I figured the hand size was a problem at the Heisman, man. The way he was holding it, something was kind of awkward. It wasn't, <laughs> you know, something just wasn't right about that. So I'm like, uh, man, so we got to look into this. Man, I can't wait till you go to the combine, baby. <laughs> so that's where we are now is we're talking about the combine. Obviously, it's a great way to get into it here, Guru. Uh, and I got to know, you know, we, we, we laugh about this. Joe Burrow, uh, you know, fails the, the hand measuring test or whatever it is, but obviously still going to be the number one pick, uh, whether it's Cincinnati or not, we don't know yet. There seems to be some uh, some magical mystery touring going on through here. But uh, whether he, either way, what should we be looking at at the combine? Because it's obviously not hand size, Guru. Absolutely, you know all these measurements and all these things they do, all this testing is is something that you could see. It's not it's not a baseline of how this person is gonna do, but it's just to tell you as far as the agility and ability. It don't really tell you how if they're gonna have a great career, if they're gonna be Hall of Famer. It just shows you if they have the athletic ability to do what the coach plan or what this game plan is. So um, that's what it is. So the hand size, yes, is very important, especially for uh, teams that plays in the cold weather. You know, you don't want to have someone right. with a small hand size playing in the Northeast. You know, playing in um, in, in New York, for instance. Unless you're in, in obviously England. obviously in New England, it still works because the balls magically deflate a little bit there, so it works out better. And only is the deflation is going to expire, what, in 20 years? It's only a 20-year expiration date. Something. After that, you might, the, the, the deflation might go back to the normal. <laughs> the normalcy. Go back to the bell-shaped curve. Well, you're a big proponent, Guru, of the uh, of, of the iolytics, if you will, as opposed to the analytics. Do you pay attention to the numbers that these kids are getting, or do you pay attention to what they look like when they're performing it? Because you're watching uh, all this tape, and you're watching these guys perform, too, and you're not just looking at the numbers. What are What are you looking for? Uh, that's a very good question. That's a very good question. This is one of those things is what I look at more of the ability because I'm more putting more pressure more on the on the tape. You know, my thing is I'm like 80% tape. I, what you see on tape is what you're going to play because what I see with the pads on, tape on, people in the stands, that's what you're going to revert back to. It's not with shorts and shoulder pads. So what you are on tape is going to tell me. But what I see on uh, at the combine is just giving me a, a identification. Sometimes – you know, it could be a different um, coaching staff. They might have a different skill set. You might have a different skill set that maybe a coach might not know how to utilize. So your numbers might look bad. So that's why this, this time is kind of important because then you could go back and tape and be like, oh, it might have been the coaching situation, but now you do got the athletic ability, but they just didn't put you in a situation to utilize it and maximize it. Certainly like for running backs, yeah. for instance. So running backs, they just pound, pound, pound. They don't catch the ball at the backfield. So now you go to the combine you see them catch the ball you're like oh okay he do know how to catch the ball i just didn't see that on tape and the speed is the same way right. i would think you actually get those numbers you're like man that guy can accelerate you don't always get to see that in, a, in in an offense in gear where the where a coach is using him or how a, a coach is using a player but at the at the combine you get to see like shit that guy can run absolutely we had one of those this year uh that that rugs kid right uh that blew it away on the 40 oh yeah now what yeah, about you, you Almanac? what are you looking for I agree. I, I'm a guru. I, I'm 80% tape. Basically, to me, I, I use the combine as a way to basically confirm pretty much what you're watching on tape. Like what he does care, for example. Uh, without me even knowing his play time, I knew that he was a burner because you can see it on, on film. You know, nobody ever catches him from behind. And it's been a, it's one particular play. I wish I, you know, we could, if I had it, we could show, you know, basically you guys could see it. Basically, two or three. Interception and going into the game line and 
rugs. He, I mean, he walked the kid down from about 15 yards, and you can just pretty much see it. So you can just you look at his speed on on tape from the games that you play, and then you go to the combine and he runs a 4-2-8, and that pretty much just confirms what you see on, on tape uh, as far as wide receivers and cornerbacks. But with, with other positions like, you know, linemen, things like that, you can see, you know, okay, this guy might not have a great bull rush over there uh, from a defensive end perspective, and he goes to the combine and he don't have that many reps in the, in the 225 bench press. So you can see, okay, well, he's not a strong, you know, a strong, powerful guy. He's more, he more wins with speed and agility. So I'm with Guruto. I, I think tape matters most. Uh, you got to trust your arms and, and just not, you know, go by what you see at the combine or else you'll have a, a Tony Mandrus situation. Um, we don't know what this, this tale of Tony Mandrus, the guy that, Destroyed the comp. No, it's one of those guys. Did you go into a tunnel there, Almanac? Where was that? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not in the tunnel. <laughs> I'm sitting down watching TV, man. <laughs> you started watering. Yeah, yeah. It was all of a sudden you were Charlie Brown's adults. Uh, so. Anyway, let's talk about this combine then. What uh, what are you watching? What groups have really shown out? We've uh, we've talked about some receivers. We've talked about some some O line. What are we uh, What are we watching here? Yeah, to me, the deepest, the two deepest positions in this draft are offensive line, particularly offensive tackles and wide receivers. Uh, to, I think you have legitimately four or five offensive tackles that's going to be first round picks. And as far as wide receivers, you can see, I'll say anywhere between seven six or seven going in the first round, depending on, you know, what, what you're drafting for. But uh, I think this is the deepest wide receiver draft in the history of the NFL. As far as overall depth, um, it's a lot of great receivers in this draft, man. So those two positions really stood out to me uh, at the combine. Um, there was a lot of strong performances. So I think it's going to be that first round. is going to be a lot of uh, offensive tackles and wide receivers taken. Guru, what about you? What do you see happening here? Absolutely, it's definitely uh, um, it's kind of weird to me. I think it's a it it's an interior, it's an O line and D line. I think it's depth. It's a depth. There's a, quite a few depth as far as the offensive line and defensive line. And at the same year, usually you see alternate. You see one year you have good O line, and next year you have a good D line. But I think this year you have a combination of both. I really think the linebacking core is underrated. I really like the linebacking core. I think you got some some guys with the way the NFL is going. You got some speed guys, man. You got some guys that could just come and attack the ball. And at the point of attack, they're, they're, they're very explosive. You know, guys like um, Patrick Quinn and, and Kenneth Murray over there. And also, obviously, um, you know, the, the guru is a DB guy, man. I, I think the DBs are solid. I don't think um, we have – I think – no, I think it's a very – it's. It's a very, very, very solid DB class, man. I think um, people are under, under, underrating this this secondary class. You might not have per se like the two or three Hall of Famers, but you have a bunch of guys that's gonna have the jerseys retired. You got guys making a difference. You got guys that's gonna have a jersey retired, but you might not have a bunch of Hall of Famers. You know what? As a, as as a guy who's on uh, roots for teams that has a lot of those, that they'll do just fine. <laughs> they'll do just fine. You get championships with guys whose jersey you retire. So give me some names then. What are we? Uh, who are we watching in this one so far? Almanac, who are you watching? Uh, as far as uh, defensive backs or wide well, anybody. Or anybody, what uh, what names have stood out to you? What players have have stood out? Well, I tell you a couple guys who I think maybe uh, number one Isaiah Simmons. He was already probably the top linebacker slash safety slash defense because he really doesn't have a set position. Can't use him all over the but he's six three two forty. Uh, he ran a four three nine, so uh, that really locked him up as a top ten overall pick. Uh, another guy that I thought made himself a lot of money was my guy Justin Jefferson out of LSU. Uh, he had a very productive year. He had uh, the most catches in the NCAA this year, and his problem was speed. And he, he ran a hundred and four four, so that let team know he is athletic. I think he locked up his first round grade. Uh, and like the guru said. Uh, I like this linebacker class. Patrick Queen and uh, Kenneth Murray. They both are, you know, the two six foot two, six three, uh, two twenty five, two thirty five range. Both those guys ran a four five. So I think they'll they'll be looking. They'll be high draft picks as well, you know. And they'll be following up with the strong linebacker class last year. Uh, you know, we had with uh, Devin White out of LSU and um, Devin Bush out of Michigan. So they they basically really helped Tampa Bay and uh, Pittsburgh's defenses. So I think this is another good middle linebacker class. 
So, Guru, what about you, man? Who are you watching in this? Oh, absolutely, man. Speaking of middle linebacker, I want to talk about guys that go attack and uh, and hit the middle linebackers, man, in a sense, man. I think the offensive line, I think um, Tristan Wolfs, man, from over there in Iowa. Like, if you have a big – uh, first of all, pause. This dude's thighs, dude. It's like you just couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't even help but look at his freaking thighs. I'm like, dude, what in the golden earth, man? It's the only time. It's the, the only, only time, time is acceptable man. to say, listen, time, look at this dude's bro, thighs. Look at this dude's thighs. You just couldn't help it. But anyhow, I thought, and put it like this. If you start for two years in Iowa, you're going to be a first-round pick. You start three years, you're going to be a top yep. five pick. It's just what it goes, you know. If you make that, that's that's just Kurt France. That's what you do, man. Iowa, Wisconsin, Iowa, those, those corn-fed thighs those out there. Thighs, Iowa, man. That's, it all goes to the lower extremities. <laughs> Put it like that, man. So I'm very impressed. I think it's a nice offensive line group. The offensive line has been low. They've been very low key the last three to five years. But I think this is one of the deepest class of as far as really, really productive offensive line within the last five years, man. Um, another position that I like, I like the running back. I think my guy, Jonathan Taylor, my number one ranked running back, I know everybody like the, the the Southern guys. They never like the Big Ten running backs. They always like the guys from Georgia. They always like the guy from Bamers. So I know they told my Swift and all that. But I think the Jonathan Taylor, he just produced, man. I mean, what more could you say? You put in Wisconsin tape the last three to four years, man, number 23, just every freaking week. You know what you're getting. He's going to get yes. the ball 20, 30 times. He's going to get over 150 or like you take that to the bank. And he just produced, and him coming out there and running what he ran was very impressive, man. So, sure, he do got a breakaway speed. He's not just a, a chain mover. So, I was very impressed with that. And he did a very good job as far as the on-field. Cut the ball very well, man. So, I think Jonathan Taylor won some money for him today. I mean, this uh, at the combine. And, obviously, I agree. we got to talk about my guy, one of my favorite guys, pound for pound, man, Antoine Winfield Jr., man, the faithy from Minnesota. I just, the 5'9", kid, you know, sometimes, you know, just because you're a little, they, they, five the nine? he's 5'9". Oh, I'm rooting for this kid. I like them. this kid. They're sleeping on my man Antoine, man, because he's a little kid, but his dad was also 5'9", but his dad was one of the baddest dudes to ever play football, man. Young kid, yes, man, he, he killed his spot. Look at him. Four, four, five. I think he was one of the fast out of all the elite safeties. He was That's the fastest fast. safety with a 36-inch vertical, man, at 5'9", 203. I mean, he's a little, little bowling ball, man. And this guy come out there and they hit you harder than a freaking train, man. This dude hit you harder than a freaking light rail, man. I mean, it's it's no 427 uh, as, uh, as Henry Ruggs ran, but a 445 is nothing to sneeze at. That's a that's that's a pretty good time. Damn right, because he's he's 10 yards, he's 10 yards, man. Head starting in front of Henry Ruggs, man. So as long as he runs a 445, Henry runs a 442, <laughs> evens up. out, baby. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the turn <laughs> in, 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 on the track. Well, Almanac, you got anybody uh, else you want to talk about here? Uh, yeah, I think um, it's going to be like uh, it's a lot of young quarterbacks in the league this year, and I think this is a great draft for them. Like, you know, you're looking at your Sam Donalds, your Baker Mayfields, your Kyler Murray, all those guys, Daniel Jones, all those guys have suspect offensive lines. And um, I think those you're going to see the Jets, Cleveland, uh, New York, uh, you're going to Arizona. You're going to see them dropping offensive linemen and wide receivers early in this draft. So it's a great draft um, for those those young those young quarterbacks, and they'll only get better. Uh, and I got one guy I want to highlight: the Makai Beckton out of uh, Louisville, the offensive tackle. This guy is six foot five, three fifty, and he ended up running the five flat forty. Uh, you got this tape. He's just continuously mauling people. So I think along with Tristan's worst, like Guru said, I, I like uh, Makai Beckton also. So. Uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a in a lot of positions. So, uh, if you're drafting in the second or third, fourth round, you're going to definitely be able to find a lot of difference makers in this draft. Well, we got the draft uh, coming up on April 23rd, so we got uh, we got some time before that. I'm sure we'll get into it between now and then. We got uh, we got you coming back for March Madness, though, too. Is that right, Almanac? I don't know. I might have to retire on March Madness, being in my top North Carolina Tar Heels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really. I don't really. I don't really want to talk about basketball. But excellent. So we'll have you I'm back to talk about basketball then. Yeah, you already yeah, won yeah, LSU. Yeah, so now we're gonna 
You already got a whole football season of LSU, so now you got to talk basketball. Right, it's our turn now, right, I guess. Uh, so anyway, we got we got you coming back. We'll talk about the NFL draft as we get closer to it. You know, we'll get the mock drafts between these two and uh, and more about the combine uh, next week be, uh, on Campus Check-In. Almanac, thanks for joining us here. Until next time, uh, until we talk to you again, uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for both of us here on Trash Talk Radio. Good talking to you guys, man. Look forward to it. Our thanks to the Almanac, as always, uh, uh, coming here and, and just killing it, as always, on Trash Talk Radio. Love talking to that guy. Going to have him back. We're going to make him talk a little basketball, too. Don't you worry. I don't care how his Tar Heels are doing. What do you think, Guru? You already know, man. Tar shit. You don't yep. mind him. Bring him back. Uh, all right, so Guru, we got uh, before we get to uh, before we get to the XFL here on the show. I just want to make sure we do a little bit of plugs. You know how it do. That plug, 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 plug time. Trash Talk Radio uh, brought to you by the World of Sports Network and WorldOfSportsNetwork.com. Do us a favor, Trash Talk Radio available anywhere you can find your podcast. We are on Google, we are on Spotify, we are on Apple. Do us a favor, leave us a rating, leave us a message, let us know how we're doing. Uh, if you're looking for Guru, he is there every day on Instagram. That's Guru's Film Room on Instagram. It's just his thoughts, just his thoughts on a lot of tape is what he's watching these days uh, on the XFL as well as the rest of sports. Guru's Film Room on Instagram. And do us a favor, head on over to the YouTube and search for World of Sports Network. World of Sports Network, subscribe to that for all the great content from the Guru. And we got the Trash Talk Radio coming back to YouTube very soon here as season three of Trash Talk Radio gets ready to roll out. Uh, one more time, uh, Trash Talk Radio, uh, available anywhere you can find podcasts. And Guru, watch that hashtag. All right, Guru, we know for you football never stops, but now football never really stops anyway as the XFL is out there playing games as week four of this brand new league gets going. We were talking last week uh, watching this uh, and being excited about it. Guru, how was week four for you? Man, week four is great, man. It was another any, – any week of football is great. It's always good yeah. when there's football. And, and, and FYI, fellas, the reason why we're not on, 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 on the film yet is because we got to get our face back, man. Our, our, we got to get our video face back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Working but, on it, toning up. But hey, nah, another exciting week of the XFL is getting is is getting. You know, it's a ten games. It's a ten game season. Right, we're almost so at the midpoint. We're basically midpoint. So now it's becoming the separation point. And now you can see the parity, man. Is this is exactly what they anticipated if when they created this league? So now it's like a. Let me just give you an analogy. It's like a race, right? You know, like in track and field, like the 1,600 meters or whatever the hell. The, the crazy thing, the Somalians and all the, the Africans be winning, okay? The marathon. Yeah, the marathon. That's what it's called, the marathons. <laughs> Man, thank goodness I'm African. I can say shit like that and don't feel bad. <laughs> but... But now I lost my thing. But it's a marathon. You always have you always have to have a lead, guys, man. Even in swimming, even in Tour de France, it's like the the, the lead dogs and then everybody else chase because those are the pace setters. So right now the XFL got the two pace setters, which is the St. Louis Battlehawks for the East, mm-hmm. um, and for the West is the Houston Roughnecks, yep. uh, um, who are undefeated, and the Battlehawks are three and one with the only loss coming to the Houston Roughnecks. Now that uh, that Battlehawks game was a big one. Uh, uh, this week we saw the uh, Seattle Dragons go in there uh, to St. Louis. I'll tell you what, that crowd really gets on it there in St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis, they have like twenty nine thousand or something. Down Absolutely, there. St. Louis football town. Football town, man. They love their football over there, man. The state of Missouri, man. They don't really know that the state of Missouri love football. At one point, they had two football teams, man. Now they got a Super Bowl champion. Yeah, they got a Super Bowl champion. The way they look like, they look like they might go my an XFL champion, man, because the team is built, man. They're built for uh, for a playoff. They're built for a deep run. They could run the ball. They're built on the line, man. The St. Louis team is built on the offensive line. Um, it's built on the D-line. It's built on a running game. And it's built on a smart, intelligent quarterback that's mobile. And it's a great um, pocket. He has great pocket presence. And most importantly, man, he's a game manager. A very, very, very effective game manager. And, and the leader, man. The, the, what they call him? The Thorn Samoan, man. Tamu. The, the Thorn Samoan, man. He's killing over there in St. Louis, man. So uh, the Battlehawks, I think they're going to be a very strong team uh, moving forward. 
I think the other the other big thing we saw in that game, uh, obviously, was the uh, the change of quarterback for the uh, Seattle Dragons. Uh, they took out their quarterback from the past couple of weeks, uh, Brandon Silvers, their starting quarterback, and put in B.J. Daniels, and that was a different team immediately. Now, you, you know, I've been trying to start a, a quarterback controversy. From day one, man. From the first game, man. I was like, this, this other guy can't be any worse. And you look into who he is, and you're like, Get him in there. And then both home games in Seattle, they want B.J. Daniels to, to play. They get him in on the road in St. Louis. Looks like a different team in Look there like for the Dragons. Looks like a different team, man. I think Jim Jones would kick himself in the butt. But the way everything is panning out, I think the Seattle now becomes one of them hidden gem, one of them sneaky teams because the way everything is panning out. Because with B.J. Daniels taking over, now the team is a little bit more explosive. Uh, and you could tell offensively they could move the ball and move the chain yeah. because of him. They weren't doing anything legs. in the first anything. half. Oh, with Silver, in the first three games with Silvers, man. Yeah. I mean, when he was on there, it was like, oh, man, it's, it's like a liability. Every time he dropped back, we were nervous. We were like, oh, man, something negative. Oh, is it going to be a pixie? We were happy when it's just an interception with that, that the other team don't take to the touchdown. We are like, oh, okay, shoot, it's just an interception. Yeah, well, we were at the game. Any play that started uh, at, at the, like 35 or closer, we were like, oh, man, just don't throw it. <laughs> just don't throw it. Absolutely. I think it's the end of Silvers, man. I know he was frustrated, but, I mean, you can see it, man. The, the team was anemic with the, with the way the offense was playing while he was there. So I'm excited to see BJ Daniels coming out even though the dragons took l i think this is one of those games that you could actually come feel good about it you feel that those guys have probably got a more little bit energy because of the change of quarterback and moving forward all right so the other team that's uh that's really running is the houston roughnecks they are four and oh they won the uh, what they build is the battle of texas uh against the texas renegades 27 to 20 the renegades actually not a bad team either at, at two and uh at two and two so uh, this was not an easy game for Houston to win. Absolutely, man. The unfortunate news coming out of for, for the Renegades, Landry Jones, their starting quarterback, uh, um, it looked like he might be reports hard. He's going to get his MRI tomorrow, but reports are showing he had a knee, same knee, left oh. knee, MCI, MCL. Um, to us. So game. it's looking like it's going to be done for the season. So which makes the Dallas Renegade host because – um, he didn't start the season because of the knee situation, and they lost the games he didn't play. And the games he did start, they have won until this game he didn't finish. So um, I think that just opened up that whole Western division. And Houston just doing what Houston is doing, just solidifying himself as the, um, you know, the the top dogs right now. You know, as what they are. They are roughnecks right now in the, in the XFL League, led by – Philip Walker, the, the the front runner for the MVP of the XFL, uh, as well as um, his star receiver Cam Phillips. So the other, you love that Cam Phillips kid. You talk about him all the time. Uh, so then we got out. Uh, we got shit. When you produce, you got talked out, man. Yeah. When you don't produce, nobody talk about you, man. That's right. You know how it goes. You here? Hang on, wait. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. There it is. Earn it. You get to. You get to earn that. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Uh, the other two games going on this week uh, were Tampa Bay, uh, D.C., and, uh, and New York, uh, L.A. Now, New York rolled out at home a, a new quarterback uh, for, for this game. Absolutely. Luis Perez, man. I like this kid, man. You guys got to check out the story on this kid. This is how the kid started playing football, bro. He said he watched it on YouTube, wanted to learn how to play football and quarterback. <laughs> like, he's just like, man, I just want to learn how to play quarterback on YouTube. Boom. He went to, like, some D3 school, Texas, and in Kingsville, and he just lit that whole division on fire, man. One like that, like the player of the year in that division, man, for just watching YouTube. Then he went to the AAF. I saw my AAF balled out, man. Luis Perez balled out over there. And now he just got another opportunity, and he, he's another energy guy, man. For, he's, you know, there's some guys, like, they just, they just got the moxie. This dude just got the moxie. He's self-trained. That's I'm ridiculous. I'm telling you, man, like self-made quarterback, man. He's self-made. Luis Perez, the guardian, that was a huge win for them. Uh, that brought them to a 2-2 two two record. So the, the XFL, there's a lot of parity, man. There's a lot of parity. So it's exciting, man, because every team is still in it. Perez uh, uh, went, uh, let's see, uh, what do they got? Five of eight for 150 yards. 18 for 26 for 150 I'm yards. I'm about to say, hold up, man. Yeah, yeah, look at the wrong <laughs> thing. Uh, 18 of 26 for 150 yards uh, for Perez. Okay, so then the other team that we thought coming in uh, the first two weeks looked great was uh, was DC Defenders. They got uh, just junk on the road for the past couple of weeks and got tripped up this week by the Vipers, who looked kind of hapless when we last they, left them. They got molly by the Vipers, man. 25 nilly. Yeah, nothing. molly man. I'm talking about the 
the DC team is not looking very good the last couple of weeks, man. Not at all. They've been scored, what, like 76 to like nine points, man, in the last two games. Terrible, terrible, man, when they've been on the road. So um, this is not a good look. Um, the Vipers, though, I'm happy for them. Uh, Cornelius, they started. They've been going through a lot of personnel, a lot of issues, locker room issues in Tampa Bay, a lot of injuries with Aaron Murray and um, Quentin Flowers leaving the team. So I was very happy for um, from Tressman for those guys to get their first win. So now we could say there won't be no team going winless in the XFL. Every team got a win, so that's very good. So that, like I said, it's your. And they scary. got it at home. And uh, they so got it at home. Great Absolutely. for the fans. Uh, get a little something going in there. These games are fun. Uh, I got I got nothing in on this league. I got no skin in this league. Go see these games. It's a it's a good fun football game, and it's not stupid expensive. It's a it's a good time out there. Uh, you'll enjoy yourself on it. So Guru, we got week five ahead. Uh, what are you looking for here in week five? Oh man, it's, I, it, I'm definitely want to see how it goes, especially in the Western Division now, because with um, Landry Jones going down, BJ Janney is coming out there replacing uh, um, the, the the Seattle Dragons um, defensively. And also LA losing um, um, earlier this week, so we want to see what's going to happen. If Seattle going to Houston, we're going to take that upset with BJ Daniels. Is he going to be the, the spark they need to take hold of that second pace? Because uh, Dallas seemed like they're going to, you know, go slip down without Landry Jones. So it's, I mean, it's it's getting interesting, man. It's like drama, man. It's like it's just getting started, man. I just, I just, I'm on the edge of my seat, man. Yeah, and I love that there's only, you know, there's there's four games a weekend. You know, there's only eight teams. You can really you can really dig in and watch these things so this week we got the uh, the dragons are off next uh seattle at houston that's a tough game for seattle uh houston probably should win that one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh take uh probably take the over i would think right on that yeah absolutely take the over and then it might come up to be a double digit but just don't be aware of that because i think seattle's defense and bj daniels being there is going to be a closer game closer because game than we, they, think. we have an athletic quarterback that could get away from the run he, they won't get easy sacks and he could get himself 40 50 yards right we've seen it so I'm saying pay attention to that. In fact, I, in fact, you know what? Hey, the guru might pull his first XFL ticket to the bank, man. <laughs> if, if it's a double-digit spread, you better double down on the Dragons, man, just like I did against them this week. I don't have the right sound effect, but I'm going to use this one. Hang on. Boom, boom, boom. Right there, two-piece chicken, man. <laughs> and lock it in on that. I think that's, uh, that's my favorite new one to go with. Uh, all right, so also next week we got the uh, the Guardians, uh, New York Guardians at Dallas Renegades. We got the St. Louis Battlehawks at D.C. Big test for D.C. getting back home. Really got to see if that's the uh, home cooking's going to get them. Battlehawks rolling. Uh, look out for that team. That could be a pretty good matchup. And then the Vipers uh, head out to L.A. To, uh, to take on the Wildcats next week in the XFL. All right, Guru, we are running out of time on the show. Uh, uh, but as always, I'm looking to do a little two-minute drill if you want to do one. Let's get it. All right, here's how we play the two-minute drill here on Trash Talk Radio. Uh, this is our chance to talk about all the things we didn't get to talk about yet in the show. I put two minutes on the clock and start lobbing at the guru. Are you ready? Let's go. Here we go. Guru, the uh, players in the NFL seem to be rejecting the uh, the CBA. What are your thoughts on this? It's all about that Benjamins, baby. It's all about that Benjamin. It always thing like this. It's always about it. Do you want the money in the front end? Do you want the money in the back end? It's all about that Benjamin. And then, the, and then it's for the NFL owners. Do they they want the money in every end? <laughs> well, what amazed me about this, we talk about the money. The players were offered, uh, I think it was a 1.5% increase. They're still making less than 50% of the profits, but that equated to like $5 billion that was coming over. That is a lot of money moving around the NFL. 1.5% uh, is $5 billion. Good God, Roger well, Put Goodell. it like this. Ain't no way Tony Romo should be making more money than elite NFL players. Hang on, I'll get to him in a second. Uh, but uh, with this one, they to me it sounds like the week 17 seems to be the, uh, the 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 problem here. The owners want week 17 to make more money. They don't want to play the, pay the players the full amounts that they're worth for that extra game. This is where it needs to change. Am I right? Absolutely. All right, so we got to look at that. Um, hey, speaking of while we're in the NFL, we got to talk some from free agents. Say ones we talk every week. Guru, are you sure Tom Brady is staying in New England? Because now it, everybody's saying he's not. I think he's staying, but. He's staying in New England, man. He's staying as Tom Brady world's turn. He's going to be a freaking patriot. Can I lock that in? Lock it in. I'll take it. All right. What about Dak? What's the latest on Dak Prescott that you're hearing? Dak gonna get that exclusive tag, man. They're not ready for Dak yet, man. Dak. They don't believe in Dak is a new Kirk cousin, man. 
I'm, I'm, I think Dak is the new Kirk Cousins, and I love it. Jerry, give him everything. You should uh, lock him down for a ton of money for the foreseeable future in your salary cap. Uh, all right, let's move to the NBA. Uh, Trevor Ariza uh, uh, last night leveled Trey Young after a nutmeg attempt. Did you see this? He tried to go through his legs, and Trevor Ariza, bang! Tre- Trevor Ariza, look, man, the OG, man. The OG Trevor Ariza, man, still getting his name out there. Yeah, he's a young fellow. You're not going to do that to me. Pulled him aside after the game was like, listen, man. Uh, what do you think of players policing themselves like that? Man, well, uh, you got to do that. Every sport got that. Yeah. Okay, baseball got the worst, but every sport got that. Yeah, I love that shit. Uh, and I was just going to mention, speaking of baseball got the worst, the Astros have been plunked already this spring more times than any other team. Get used to it, guys. You're going to have bruises the entire year. You're going to be purple this season. And the yeah, why don't you call that sign? Why don't you see the sign coming, huh? Orange, blue, and Get purple. out the way. You can see the sign, and then you hit the ball. Why don't you see the sign and get out the way? I got two more, uh, two or three more quick ones here. Uh, in the NBA still, uh, Joel Embiid has a sprained shoulder. He's been out for a couple days. They hope they're going to get him back. God, I hope we're going to get him back. We need him back. Please get Joel Embiid back. Uh, Guru, how are you going to blame this on what he's eating? It's always Joel Embiid, man, because I'm telling you, he's eating that damn that pork. That's what he's eating, <laughs> that white meat. You better go ahead, man, and get yourself Is it that foo-foo. Affecting his shoulder, not Hell even. Yeah, we don't want that Connie outside. You want that Jalof. <laughs> Got to get him back in the lineup. Feed him whatever he needs to you get saw back Giannis. in. Giannis, Giannis don't play around. He uses fingers no. to eat. No, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stand up. Back to football. Tony Romo, he mentioned before, signs a deal, $17 million a year to work for CBS. That is the most ever for an announcer. My question, Guru, really? Oh, don't worry about it. I like that, man. Put the market up, man, because the Guru's going to be asking for 24 mil, baby. Because <laughs> I want a mil for every hour of the day, baby. 24 mil. Guru's got plans. Guru, one more. Making a million an hour, baby. Last weekend, I won two tickets off Facebook to go see a band. I learned that they were uh, sold out in 15 minutes and $200 tickets. Guru, you ever win anything? <laughs> Yeah, man, what do you mean, girl? Did you ever win anything? Like that, like a contest, <laughs> like a stupid... Okay. That's a load of coins. Did you ever win anything? Yeah, I win, man. I'm a <laughs> fucking like winner. A, I don't mean like a bet. I don't <laughs> mean like gambling. Yeah, I win anything. You win like a contest? That's what Did you ever win anything? No, nah, I've never won no radio contest. No, man, I haven't won no scratch-off because the guru don't... Don't do those type of situations. You know, I don't play those type of games. You don't play random. You I only play, play games I know I can win. Only plays <laughs> games. And on that, the guru only plays games he knows he can win. And on that, that is our time on Trash Talk Radio this week. Go find us anywhere you can find podcasts. We're on Google. We're on Apple. We are on uh, Spotify. Do us a favor. Leave us a message. Find the guru on uh, Guru's Film Room on Instagram. It's just his thoughts. Just his thoughts. Head over onto the YouTube page. Uh, search for World of Sports Network and do us a favor. Click subscribe until next time my name is lestro and it's the g to the u to the r to the u thanks for listening ciao wash your hands